Get ready, Avalanche Territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hey, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast, everybody. I am Mike Evans. Thanks so much for tuning in as we check in on everything going on with the Avalanche and the NHL. And such is the good times surrounding the Avalanche right now that we gripe endlessly. It was certainly the rage on social media the other night after the Avalanche lost out on an extra point, one point. When they lost to Nashville in overtime, a game in which they were skating uphill most of the game, trying to come from behind, eventually got the game into overtime, only to be sunk by a, of all people, Matt Duchesne goal, that came after a too-many-men-on-the-ice penalty. And it was debated. Uh, You had freeze frames of the TV copy as guys were coming on the ice and coming off the ice. During our show, Schlereth at Evans, we had a chance to talk to Adrian Dater, our Avalanche insider, and here was his view of the play. Yeah, um, well, I think that'll be something that, uh, you know, be discussed in the rules committee. Uh, it's, it's, it is too bad. I mean, yeah, and yet technically I have seen a new angle where uh, I think Randon could be accused of coming onto the ice too early, and the other guy was too far away still. And while technically that was true referees almost never make that call this one was so technically i think that call would have stood but you know i don't know i'm like i don't know i want to see every single play stopped either though hockey's a there's a lot of stoppages you know in play already i don't i don't want to see it really uh i think there's got to be some human element but you're right on the other hand get it right generally they do i think you know we're talking about too many men call here that you know You know, if the Avs could have just made a save, too, Mm -hmm. it goes away, and I don't know. So he didn't completely crush the officials for the call that was made. I, I, you know, some, some too many men on the ice penalties are blatantly obvious, blatantly obvious. But honestly, there are so many, I mean, there are dozens of changes during the course of a game, and it, it would seem to me that, Officials are very lenient with the idea of guys getting on and getting off. And there is that five to six foot rule that is is usually adhered to. And so, especially when you looked at the replay, there was nothing that was just so egregious. Now, I mean, could you make an argument that if you slowed it down, yes, by the letter of the law, the avalanche had too many men on the ice. But come on now. Again, it's it's something where there seems to be a lot of leeway in these changes. Plus, plus, this is overtime. Whatever happened to swallowing the whistle in overtime? And adding to it, one more thing to add to it, the official that made the call was a good 45, 50 feet away from uh, the bench. So you, you add it all together. Look, I am not here to uh, blame the loss on the too many men on the ice call. I've never been one to blame one call for the reason you lose a game. There are too many things that happen 
too many chances, opportunities earlier to avoid having to put yourself in a position to be done in by a bad call. I'm not excusing away a bad call. Bad call shouldn't happen. And we and we could debate this call on a, a number of different fronts, which I'll get to in just a second. But no, it's not the reason the Avalanche lost the game. And if you want to make a big uh, issue about it, do so please with the understanding that this was not the sole reason the Avalanche lost the game. And it was because they weren't playing well and, and once again put themselves uh, in, in deficits that they had to overcome. That was the real reason. But I get it, especially when it comes to state-sponsored media uh, when that, that, that cover the teams. They will have a tendency to make it all about that as opposed to conveniently forgetting a lot of the things that happened up until that point that put you in a position to be done in by a bad call. I think just as a, the bigger issue for me in, in all of this is is not blaming the loss for it, but more why does something like this happen? And how do you avoid having it happen again in the future? And this was a play that did go a, a huge way to, to deciding the outcome of the game. And it just seems to me that, you know, we're just in the middle of a, a football season. We just got done with the regular season. We're on into the playoffs. And the magnitude of these games and how much they matter and and the role of instant replay. And I get that a lot of people don't like instant replay. <laughs> they don't like Vic Fangio throwing challenge flags with plays that have no ch- ch- chance of being uh, overturned. But I've I've never had a problem with instant replay. I don't have an instant a problem with instant replay in in baseball. I don't have a problem with uh, instant replay in basketball in the in the final two minutes of a game to see who the ball went off of. Because you know what I ultimately care about? I I ultimately care about getting it right. I want the call to get right. And if it means that I have to sit around and hear the Jeopardy theme played while we're waiting for the guy to come out from underneath the hood to. Make the call, so be it. Get it right. And I, I wonder why hockey, or are we getting to the point where eventually hockey will have even more? They have some, but even more instant replay to the point where you can you can challenge something like that. And the whistle blows, and we stop, and we go back, and we take a closer look at uh that exchange, guys getting on the ice, getting off the ice, and determine whether or not that's something that could be overturned. Now, maybe if you had an NFL-type replay system in place for hockey under that scenario, okay, <laughs> you know, Jared Bednar throws a red hanky, no doubt, probably a pocket square that he had for himself in his suit, impeccably dressed, but throws it out on the ice or whatever, holds something up, and they stop the action, and they take a look at it. Now, it might be one of those things that, you know, we, we all know it from, from watching football. The call on the field, the call on the ice was too many men on the ice. Is there incontrovertible evidence that overturns the call, or do we let the initial call lie? I, I'm all for that. I, I just think that when you're talking about games that can be decided by some of these calls— there has to be a mechanism, instant replay, stop the game, challenge, whatever. Uh, somebody buzzes from uh, Toronto or something to say, hey, let's take a closer look at that just to make sure you get it right. And I, I know the other side of it. Hey, it's a game played by humans. You can't take away the human element. I don't want the game stopped. Okay. 
I hear all those arguments, but if you're a frustrated Avalanche fan who feels that you may have missed out on a point, a win, because of that call, wouldn't you like to have that mechanism in place to try to get it right, even if it inconveniences you when it comes to watching the game? Something to think about, something to talk about. As far as the uh, the Avalanche just rolling along, uh, scoring a ton of goals, um, very, very few things to be um, upset about. I think the only – there's a couple things that, that you have to be concerned about. First of all, Bo Byram left the team for personal reasons. Uh, Adrian Dater telling us that these concussions continue to be a problem. I am so worried about that because, unfortunately, we have seen some careers get slowed down. Um, get delayed, uh, get put on hold, uh, or ultimately end because of concussions. And um, Mark Savard was a really, really good player, really good player. And he got his brain scrambled on a hit, and he was never the same. And 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 this is a guy who tried for a few years to try to come back. And he just couldn't come back. And I'm very nervous about what's going on with Bo Byram because you'd think that eventually this is something that he's going to be able to heal up and be able to move past and go on to have the great career that everybody anticipates. But it is nervous. It is a nervous time because if you if you if you coach your kids. Use sports. You probably have to go through all those con- concussion training programs. I know I have. I have about 15 certificates on the wall of having passed those uh, concussion training. And, and, and they tell you that, you know, once you have one, you're more susceptible to getting another one. And, you know, especially at a young age, and, you know, Bo, Bo Byram's still a, a very young, very young man, you're just really worried about his ability to come back and, and be able to really truly move on. So, Really wishing uh, nothing but the best for Bo Byram. It's got to be a very frustrating, very scary time, kind of that feeling of one step forward, two steps back. Hopefully, hopefully uh, he'll be able to get healthy, stay healthy, and continue on with his career that looks like it's going to be destined to be a really good one. But he's got to get past this. Uh, the other issue with the avalanche, and, and it's out there still, and I, I do give credit to Adrian Dater. We're talking about A.D., and how he brought this up uh, several weeks ago uh, on this Mile High Hockey podcast. This is not something that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Is that his numbers aren't bad. The Avalanche are playing really well. But Darcy Kemper. Have you seen enough yet from Darcy Kemper to be convinced that this is the guy to take the Avalanche to a Stanley Cup? Adrian has expressed some concerns. I thought it was very telling the other night after the Nashville loss that Jared Bednar did not hide his displeasure with the goaltending. And you would think that if overall you were happy with Darcy Kemper, you you probably pass off one performance as something that you really don't make a big deal about. But his comments resonated because he expressed how unhappy he was with the goaltending. And it's not the first time this year that Bednar has talked about the need for better goaltending. And 
it, it is something to continue to monitor because, look, Philip Grubauer was was fantastic here, right? Uh, won a lot of hockey games, put up terrific numbers, but ultimately, ultimately, there was a sense after the playoff series last year against Vegas, there was a sense this guy just isn't the guy. And so when the Avalanche moved off from Philip Grubauer, a free agent deal wasn't agreed to, there, there wasn't a whole lot of angst out there, was there, among Avalanche fans. There wasn't really a sense of, oh, man, how did we let this guy get away? We should have made it a priority to get him locked up right away. Joe, what are you doing? Why didn't you get it taken care of? Nope. None of that, or very little of that. And, in fact, then he moved quickly to bring in Darcy Kemper, and immediately you heard, you remember the dialogue was, okay, Grubauer didn't work out. Now we're getting a guy in Kemper. Look at this guy. Look at when he's been able to be healthy. Look at when he's been able to put up numbers over a full season. They're really good. Now, some skeptics out there, like myself, pointed out, hey, wait a minute, aren't we kind of – going down the same road that we went through with Philip Grubauer when, when the Avalanche got Grubauer, the same idea that, hey, here's somebody who was uh, sort of underutilized in Washington. He's going to come here. He's going to play with a better team, and he's going to really uh, hit his stride. And throughout all of it, even though he was putting up really good numbers, I said, well, I, I, I think there's still doubts, at least for me, whether or not this guy can be a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. To the point where I had brought up the idea of of trading for a Carey Price that got shot down by uh, Avalanche media and fans. What the heck was I talking about? We got Philip Grubauer. Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grubauer has moved on. Not a lot of people were upset about Grubauer moving on. Now we're here with Kemper, and I think we're we're still until proven otherwise. And and that's the thing with with these goaltenders until they actually prove it. Sure, there's every indication that if uh, they're able to stay healthy, able to put up a full season, they're going to put up big numbers, and they have everything you're looking for in a Stanley Cup goalie. Yep, on paper, but you got to go do it. And until you do it, there's always going to be that nagging doubt. I, I mean, hey, this isn't the first time we talked about this. This, is, um, this isn't exactly breaking news to anybody. It's, it's really what kind of surrounds this whole Avalanche team is that no matter what they do during the regular season, there is that sense of, okay, that was good. That was really good. That was impressive. That was entertaining. Now you got to go do it come playoff time. I I think that there is that moment where that day of reckoning is coming. I don't think we should be dealing with it right now. I don't think we should be obsessing over it right now. This is a fun team. This is a, this is a loaded team. Uh, th- this, is, this is a team that's got, in many, many respects, everything that you're looking for. Uh, this is a team to embrace and enjoy and really be entertained by throughout the course of the regular season. We'll cross that playoff bridge when we get to it. But but if there is uh, something to talk about and the possibility of Joe Sackick doing something with an eye down the road to the playoffs, I, I, I do think goaltending is something to continue to be watched. Put it this way, Adrian Dater again. I, I reference AD. I, I have huge respect for Adrian. He made an interesting comment when he was on with uh, Brandon Stokely and I, Stokely filling in for for Schlereth this week on Thursday. And he said, in his opinion, Adrian's opinion, 
that if Pierre Lacroix was still running the Avalanche, he would have already made a move for a goaltender. That one made me go, woof. But in Adrian's opinion, Joe Sackick a little bit more measured. Joe Sackick maybe not as um, headstrong, (laughs) impatient, aggressive as uh, Pierre would be. But make no mistake, Joe Sackick as a general manager was and had to be uh, influenced by what he experienced when Pierre Lacroix was his boss with the Avalanche. How, How could you not be? So... Yeah, Joe's his own man. Joe's his own general manager. Joe's going to do things his way. And there are some differences between him and Pierre Lacroix. And I think that uh, maybe being a little bit more measured, a little bit more patient, uh, might be one of those big differences. But make no mistake, at some point, maybe not as fast, as quick as a Pierre Lacroix may arrive at it, but Joe will get there at some point. And Joe knows what it takes to win a cup. Joe knows what it looks like. And especially having gone through Philip Grubauer, I think he has an even clearer understanding of what you're looking for in a goaltender. And if he has any doubts about Darcy Kemper, I don't think he'll wait until the playoffs to see an ex- to see how the Darcy Kemper experiment works out. I think he'll he'll be aggressive and he'll do something to to cover himself, and you know, I, I, I what, what's what's wrong with that? You know, I'm, I'm looking around the NHL. I see the the Bruins have brought back Tuka Rask on a one year deal. He had um, had surgery, I think hip surgery, and there was talk that he was no longer in the Bruins' plans. And then, you know, even though Bruins have a couple of decent goalies, uh, they decided to bring back Tuka Rask on a one year deal. Why? It's goaltending. And if you're a team that's got Stanley Cup aspirations, why would you leave yourself short at that most valuable of positions? If anything, create a logjam. Okay. <laughs> create an embarrassment of riches. Best man wins, right? Best man plays. I think it's a good problem to have. I'd rather have too much goaltending or the possibility of having too much goaltending than not enough. All right, that'll do it for the Mile High Hockey Podcast for this week. Please give me your feedback. Uh, Let me know at denverfan.com. You can text me during the course of uh, Schlereth and Evans. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MikeEvans1043. Please tell your friends about it, your fellow hockey fans about it, as this thing continues to grow each and every week. We'll be uh, back again next week with another edition of the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Till then, enjoy your pucks. Go Avs, and we'll talk to you again next week.